in this episode of the Live Damn Well podcast. Now, what are the Blue Zones? Well, they're home to some of the world's longest lived people where centenarians, so people aged 100 plus years, are actually not all that rare. They don't just live to be 100 with the last 30 years of their life with a bunch of medications and mentally in another planet. So after that, he led us to his orange tree where he proceeded to climb 20 feet or so into the air like it was nothing. In that moment, I literally saw him transform almost childlike in the way he moved and the strength with which he propelled himself. I mean, this man was doing pull-ups, which many 20-year-olds I know couldn't even do. I think if a bunch of other people started to go on a rice and beans diet, it doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna live to 93 years old and be able to climb an orange tree and swing a machete like nobody's business. It's more profound than that. There's something behind it. A lot of people severely underestimate the power our mind and emotions have on our body. Research has shown that it suppresses your immune system and leads to chronic inflammation. And inflammation, of course, is associated with virtually every single disease known to man. My name is Jorge Roman, author of Return to Human, certified health coach, metabolically flexible individual, and insulin-sensitive human. In this podcast, I will relentlessly ask, why is there so much conflicting information about health, nutrition, and lifestyle? Is there more to the story than the mainstream? Or are those individuals involved with natural and alternative health simply a bunch of pseudoscientific quacks? Now, I will often have solo episodes discussing relevant scientific research around nutrition, supplementation, and powerful lifestyle practices. And I'll sometimes be joined by a couple of friends and co-hosts. I'll also be interviewing thought leaders from all walks of life in an attempt to discover what truly makes someone sick or healthy. I will do this with no agendas, no dogma, just truth, regardless of the fact that I will inevitably trigger some narrow-minded and myopic individuals. To live damn well doesn't mean living life perfectly. We're all going to die someday, so striving for ultimate health is a pretty counterproductive task. Instead, I hope to learn from myself and empower others to enjoy life to the fullest all while being disease-free, energetic, and in total control of their biology. Welcome to another episode of what I'll call my jungle talks. Uh, And I'll explain a little bit more about why I'm calling them that. But first, I want to start off the show a little bit differently than I usually would because this is such uh, an amazing story to me and it really impacted me pretty profoundly. Uh, I don't want to interrupt the show in the middle, so I am going to talk about something that's very relevant to the show, which is nutrition. And specifically, I want to talk about Thrive Market. I know if you've been a listener of the podcast, you know that I'm a huge fan of this company. Thrive Market's on a mission to make healthy eating accessible and affordable for as many people as possible. It's completely online. It's a subscription-based grocery store which provides a free membership to a low-income family, teacher, or veteran in need for every single paid membership. But why Thrive Market? Well, you can shop hand-picked brands from cosmetics and supplements to wild-caught fish, grass-fed beef, and a bunch of other clean, non-toxic household products, all shipped right to your door. The reason that they are really set apart in my mind from a lot of the other companies is because you actually save 25 to 50% off the retail price that you'd find in a physical health food store. Uh, The membership is also incredibly affordable. It's just about the price of a cup of coffee per month. 
And on average, members actually make back what they spent on the membership and savings after just two orders. Also, it's just way easier than the grocery store. Thrive Market makes it super easy to shop. Uh, every single product is tagged by over 90 different values. So you can sort the entire catalog of products by non-GMO, organic, vegan, gluten-free, paleo, sustainably farmed, etc. My family and I have been ordering from Thrive Market for several years now, and we can't recommend it enough. So if you want to make eating healthier, not only more affordable, but way more convenient and delicious, try Thrive Market risk-free for a month and get a gift of up to $24 in value using my link. The link is in the description. Hope you give them a try. Now, on with the show. So a few updates here. A few weeks ago, I actually finished my certification as a health coach, which has been really exciting for me. I've finally been starting to work with people on their health, applying all of the things I've learned and applied within my own family to way more people. Um, now, the reason I called it a jungle talk is because I'm literally kind of in the middle of the jungle. I've been working at a wellness center down here in Costa Rica, and I've been learning about the major struggles people have in terms of their health, and I've been working on improving nutrition, sleep, light exposure, movement, and much more. So it's been a great experience so far, and I'm going to uh, take a lot away from that as I start to work with clients. Now, today's episode. The other day, I saw something, well, someone, pretty remarkable. Now, in the U.S., old age is commonly known to be a time where cognition and physical health declines. In other words, life gets shittier and shittier as we get older. But this is a little different where I am in Costa Rica, actually, and a bunch of other places around the world known as the Blue Zones. Now, I'm actually really close to one of the Blue Zones, Nicoya, Costa Rica. Uh, now, what are the Blue Zones? Well, they're home to some of the world's longest lived people where centenarians, so people aged 100 plus years, are actually not all that rare. And the most fascinating part is they don't just live to be 100 with the last 30 years of their lives totally bedridden with a bunch of medications and mentally in another planet. No, for the most part, they are extraordinarily active, they're mentally sharp, and most importantly, they're happy and satisfied with life. So why am I bringing this up? Well, I have a really interesting story to tell you. So the other day, I met a 93-year-old man, though not 100 yet, definitely could give a 40-year-old a run for his money. Um, as a friend and I walked towards his farm, we saw this small, skinny, elderly man emerge from his house holding a machete in his right hand. And as I looked at him, I realized that the top of his head barely reached my shoulder height. He was a pretty small guy. Um, after introducing myself, he led us towards a mechanical juicer, which you crank by hand and fed pieces of raw sugar cane one by one until he got an entire gallon of juice from it by himself. Now, this is no joke. This, this juicer isn't like one of those you'd get uh, anywhere else. This is you have to put a lot of work into it. I tried it myself and my shoulder was starting to give out after a few cranks, but he got an entire gallon of juice by himself in front of us in like 15, 20 minutes. So as he was doing that, and after he told us his age, my friend asked him what his secrets were for a long and healthy life. So he asked him, what's your diet like? Uh, which foods did you eat specifically? 
you know, what was the exercise like? Although the exercise was already really clear, he's a very active guy. I mean, he owns this farm with cacao trees, with oranges, uh, with rice and beans, uh, sugar cane. So he's really active. He gets up 2, 3 a.m. in the morning every single day and he sets off for work. Um, but he had really interesting answers to these questions, which I'll touch on at the end. And they're remarkably simple. And I think, yeah, I'll touch on them later on. Let's just say that. So after that, he led us to his orange tree where he proceeded to climb 20 feet or so into the air like it was nothing. In that moment, I literally saw him transform almost childlike in the way he moved and the strength with which he propelled himself higher up onto uh, weaker branches. I mean, this man was doing pull-ups, which many 20-year-olds I know couldn't even do. The strength that he had was remarkable to me. Now, here's what his secrets were. For diet, he said, don't eat too much, only enough to sustain you. Overeating is horrible for you. If you're not hungry, don't eat. He told us he would go entire days without eating just because he felt like it. He trusted himself. He was really, yeah, he trusted himself. That's honestly very uncommon uh, in, in Western culture where uh, we go to nutritionists so they can tell us when to eat, how often to eat, what to eat, and we don't ever really stop to listen to our subjective feelings. Are we full? Are we not? Are we feeling good? Are we feeling bad? Is our digestion poor? Do we have inflammation? Do we have brain fog? But he just intuitively knew what to do. If he wasn't hungry, just don't eat. Simple advice. Now, he also said no alcohol. He does smoke a little bit. He told us about a pack or so a week. He rarely ate red meat, much to the dismay of the carnivore and the keto community. He had fish and chicken a few times a week. He had eggs every day. He said, I eat what my parents ate. Real, natural, good food. And we asked him what this meant. And he said rice and beans were at the core of his diet. And that's really common here in Costa Rica. Rice and beans are at the core of virtually every meal. Now, his life philosophy was also very, very interesting. And this was what really had the biggest impact on me. He said, Los amigos y la salud es todo lo que necesita uno. Basically, this means friends and health is everything that you need. That's all you need. Now, he also has gone through some shit. Um, his house and farm had been flooded earlier this year. He lost many crops. Um, animals and property. He had a lot of property damage. Um, he's also gotten robbed pretty severely multiple times during this past year. Even though he doesn't have a lot of money, it's a very small farm and a, a small house. It was really shocking. When he told us the story, he wasn't really complaining. Like, Sure, he used some swear words every now and then, um, but all he said was, well, I just have to work harder and pick up the slack. That's life. So this radical acceptance of whatever life throws at you really got me thinking because it's not like he's had an easy life, but he just accepted it and he didn't really complain. He just chose to move forward 
and do what you can with what you have. So the main takeaways for me are health is a lifestyle. I don't think it's a certain diet. I don't think it's a certain type of exercise you have to do multiple times a week. Um, health also seems to be very simple. I, it doesn't seem like you need expensive supplements, fancy biohacking gadgets like a red light therapy device, photobiomodulation, or a cryotherapy chamber. And the craziest part is all of these things or almost all of these things that he did naturally is backed by science. After doing a little bit of a deep dive into PubMed, I found that, well, number one, obviously, limiting alcohol is something that is known to be a healthy habit. I mean, alcohol is a pro-oxidant. We hear about these antioxidants that offer benefits in terms of reducing cellular damage. And obviously, uh, if you have too much pro-oxidant, if you have too much oxidation going on, too much inflammation, that can lead to things like cancer, right? So limiting alcohol, totally backed by the scientific research. Sleep, I actually didn't find out too much about his sleep. That'll be a question when I go back um, to ask him. But we know that sleep is incredibly powerful for brain health, metabolic health, uh, cognitive function. Um, virtually every aspect of health is linked to a good night's sleep and the ability to go into deep sleep. Um, now, caloric restriction or fasting every once in a while, this is something that he also did. And it's interesting because this field of research has actually grown pretty much exponentially in the past few decades. Uh, specifically, two researchers that come to mind are uh, David Sinclair and Dr. Walter Longo. Uh, and these researchers have actually found that caloric restriction or fasting uh, have been shown to prolong lifespan in rats pretty significantly. And so this is something that he already did naturally, which is just amazing to me and probably contributed, contributed in some way to his long life. Uh, now, I'll link to some of these meta-analyses that I'm uh, referring to. Uh, in the show notes, so you can look at them if you want. Uh, now, something else that he did. Um, so methionine. Methionine is an amino acid that's commonly found in fish, chicken, dairy, meat, basically animal products. And I think this is probably one of the reasons why um, people advocate vegan diets for health because um, methionine, at least in excess amounts, could lead to a shorter lifespan, um, at least mechanistically, what we see with some of the data, um, and a restriction of methionine. So, you know, what this man was doing, he was eating not a lot of fish, chicken, dairy, or meat. Um, I mean, he was eating an egg almost every day, but that was about it. Um, methionine restriction has been shown to have a marginal increase in lifespan. So again, I've had, you know, people like Brian Sanders on the podcast. I've had Dr. Bill Schindler, um, and there's several other researchers out there who don't believe that restricting animal protein is, you know, it's, it's a necessity in order to have a good lifespan. Again, I, I think it's, it's an important not to become ideological about these things. Just because you see something mechanistically doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, over the long term, balanced out over an entire lifespan, it's actually going to make a difference. But it worked for this guy, so um, props to him. There's some research that supports what he did, methionine restriction. Now, th another thing, 
don't eat until you're stuffed all the time. That's something that he intuitively knew. And he knew that it felt bad. He knew that it probably felt heavy. I mean, how do you feel when you eat like there's no tomorrow? I mean, you just feel heavy. You just feel uh, off and you start to gain weight, obviously. And, and we know that um, adipose tissue, we know that visceral fat is very inflammatory. So yeah, this is very important because uh, overeating is something that will contribute to worse health. I mean, just to put it simply. Now, conserving lean muscle mass. This is something else that he also did. I mean, this guy's lifestyle was anything but sedentary. He was up at 4 a.m. and he was moving. I mean, ever since he gets up, he moves around, he starts to uh, work on his farm, he takes care of his chickens and some goats, and, um, you know, he doesn't stop until late in the evening. And so this is the sort of um, exercise which I think is, you know, we're meant to be doing. Uh, I think we're not meant to necessarily be doing these crazy one-hour, two-hour heavy workouts and then sit on our butts the rest of the day, right? I think we're meant to do some sort of low-level intensity exercise throughout the entire day, which is what he did. And I think that definitely contributed to him. Um, you know, he practiced it, he, he moved around, he climbed, he uh, used his machete and, you know, that's how he conserved this lean muscle mass. And obviously, uh, as we know from the research, lean muscle mass, the amount that you have uh, is a pretty good marker for health because, um, you know, one, it allows you to move around and not get injured so much. But number two, uh, it is what is known as a glucose sink. So if you have more lean muscle mass, muscle mass is a pretty expensive organ, we can say. And that takes in glucose from your diet and, you know, they burn it up pretty quickly. It goes, the glucose that you're eating, the sugar, the carbohydrates that you're eating for your, your food, um, go into your muscles to feed the glycogen stores. So um, I think without knowing, he was really doing a great thing by walking around and being active all day. Managing stress. Obviously, it's no secret that stress is something that plagues our modern world. Uh, from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed, we have way more notifications than we ever had before. We have information overload. Um, so this is simply, you know, managing stress is probably one of the best things that you can do. And I mean, free things that you can do to really support your health. Because, um, you know, there have been several studies in rats where they actually um, saw calcification of the arteries, even in the same, having the same diet, uh, having the same environment. The only thing that was different was the hierarchies. And this meant that monkeys higher in the hierarchy had um, less stress and the ones lower in the hierarchy had more stress. I'll double check that. But anyway, the ones that had more stress in the same environment, eating the same diet, those had more calcification in their arteries and they had a, a higher incidence of um, heart disease. So it's interesting that just stress alone makes that big of a difference on our health. Now, I believe it was Dr. Sapolsky out of Stanford University which actually spearheaded this research and not only did he find that there was this, uh, you know, stress took this physical form which could lead to, you know, heart disease problems and uh, probably a bunch of other different 
metabolic and psychosocial problems. But also, even if some of these chimpanzees had a lot of stress from their, you know, from being in a lower on the hierarchy or higher, um, some of the stress could be mitigated by affiliative behavior. So what does that mean? Well, you know, when I met this man in Costa Rica, he told me, you know, all you need in life is, you know, good friends. That was a big part of his philosophy. And that's not trivial. And this research done by Dr. Sapolsky reflects that perfectly because he showed that when chimpanzees engage in social grooming, it actually mitigates some of that stress that they could have. And they could actually do better than people uh, or than chimpanzees that were on a more stressful part of the dominance hierarchy. So it's pretty incredible that these people in the blue zones and uh, I mean, the man I met in Costa Rica, they kind of know this intuitively and they know to place a big emphasis on community. Um, and yeah, I think it's important and it's something that we definitely overlook in Western society where it's more about um, achievement, uh, personal achievement versus, you know, collectivism. Um, now, I don't think in itself that's necessarily a bad thing. I think you can have a good community where people are individually successful, but placing a larger emphasis on our social bonds with people, I think will improve our health no matter which way you're looking at it. I also won't deny there's likely a genetic component to his health span and lifespan. And if I see him again, I'll definitely ask about his family longevity. But also another thing came up for me when I was, after I talked to him, um, who cares about lifespan if your health span sucks? Like sure, the modern average lifespan is now 30 plus years more than it was a few hundred years ago. But at least in the West, the amount of time that we are vital, cognitively and physically, is absolutely terrible. Most people's health starts to tank, usually around their 40s or even 30s. So if, if the last 30 years of your life kind of suck, then what's the point of having an average lifespan, which is now 30 years more? And that's kind of the one of the reasons why I chose to start this podcast, the modern allopathic medical model, which is, you know, the traditional medicine, which has its values, of course, in treating acute disease. They're great at that, especially in terms of antibiotics, surgeries and things like that. But they're absolutely horrible in terms of their ability to prevent disease, especially chronic disease that you develop in your 50s, 60s, 70s and beyond. So it made me, it just cemented the fact in my mind that if you want a healthy life, you need to start doing healthy habits when you're young, because those habits that you have will compound day in and day out, week after week, month after month, year after year. And then you'll get to your 60s or 70s and all of that will catch up to you. Now, I know this is only one person, right? It's, it's totally anecdotal. But the idea that there really is no one best diet, like I said, is becoming more and more solidified in my mind. I also think that the simple yet life-giving mindset and worldview that this guy had made me think 
that the emotional and spiritual component of one's life may play a much bigger role than we believe in health and longevity. Now, what do I mean by there's no one diet to follow? I think if a bunch of other people started to go on a rice and beans diet, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to live to 93 years old and be able to climb an orange tree and swing a machete like nobody's business. So it's more than that. It's more profound than that. There's something behind it. Um, And I think this is often neglected and we tend to look at these people and think, oh, this is it. This guy's 93. He's amazing. He's mentally sharp. He's physically fit. No, there's something more than that. It, it's it's everything together, right? It's not just his diet. It's not just his exercise. Um, it's his diet plus his exercise. It's his diet plus his exercise plus his stress management and his relationships and his mindset and his emotions. All of this comes together. In fact, something as simple as meditation has been shown through systematic reviews and meta-analyses. In other words, many, many studies many well-done studies to restore your telomere length by upregulating telomerase, lowering stress hormones, and reducing inflammation. I mean, this thing literally reverses aging biologically. Literally just sitting down and doing nothing, regardless of diet. And Dr. Joe Dispenza, I will uh, link to that below, his research shows exactly that. One's mindset and emotional state seems to be one of the most important factors in one's health and well-being, even going above nutrition in terms of importance. I mean, just think about it. If you have a thought that usually leads to a feeling, now those feelings are expressed as neuropeptides, as hormones. You turn those on long enough, especially think about if it's a stress hormone. Think about cortisol and glucocorticoids being turned on all the time. Now, that puts your body into a very stressful state or fight or flight. And if that's chronic, research has shown that it suppresses your immune system and leads to chronic inflammation. And inflammation, of course, is associated with virtually every single disease known to man. Um, Now, it also turns on certain genes and turns off certain genes. And so it can promote the turning on of those more inflammatory genes. So that's kind of how, if you thought that was a little woo-woo and out there, no, it's that's how it works. Your emotions and your mindset and psychology affects your physiology and your biology. So it's incredibly important to keep that in mind. And it's something that I, for a long time, had dismissed. Now, I won't speak for everyone, but I think A lot of people severely underestimate the power our mind and emotions have on our body. I started to realize that even eating the health foods, I had inflammation and all that stuff. And I really realized the core of it for me was stress, anxiety, and all those things that I had built up throughout my childhood, which no matter how many health foods I ate, if I didn't get to that core issue, which I'm constantly working really hard on and will for the rest of my life it's not like i'm ever gonna probably become an enlightened monk who just is zen all the time but until i started to realize that 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 was my core issue and i think it's the core issue of many people uh that emotional and mental uh, health um then it didn't matter what i ate it really that was a small 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 factor in my overall health and well-being 
So that being said, I hope you learned something. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I'll link to the Blue Zones. I'll link to Dr. Joe Dispenza in my show notes. Thank you for listening and please share it with anybody. This was an interesting story for me. I hope it was an interesting story for you and I hope to see you in the next episode. If you like this episode and if you'd like some of my other episodes with other guests, please take the time to review this podcast on iTunes. That would be incredibly helpful to me and getting this message out to way more people. Navigating the world of health and wellness is anything but straightforward. So if you're a little bit confused as to you know, what things are harmful, is this food good? Is this food bad? Well, spoiler alert, it's not that simple. However, I and many others have done the heavy lifting. So I put together a book called Return to Human, how modern medicine, the media, and the mundane have destroyed our immune systems and how to move back towards optimal health. The full version is available on Amazon. Now it's around 70 or 80 pages. And so it's really a simple guidebook that you can use and an introduction to all of the major aspects of health, which is why I think it's so helpful for people who are kind of confused and lost. Here's what I cover. I cover the top six aspects of health, which if compounded, if combined together, and all of these things are done properly, then you can have amazing effect on your overall health. Because, you know, unlike what many health gurus claim, one thing will not make a healthy person. Multiple things will give you a 1%, a 2%, even a 10% if you're lucky, increase in your overall quality of life. So in the book, I share with you the six major aspects of health and what things in our modern environment are causing our immune health to be totally crippled and then also what we can do to live an ancestrally modern lifestyle which supports health. And it's not a medical recommendation. Of course, I want you to do your own research. You are responsible for you. But it's a great starting point if you're a little bit confused. Now, I understand that right now you may not want to dish out a few dollars, even though it is $3 right now on Amazon. That's okay. Because mindset is inextricably tied to your immune health, so your emotional state, your mindset, all of that directly affects how your immune system functions in response to a virus or bacterial infection and so forth. So I made that chapter 100% free for you to download. It gives you some very simple tools that you can use to reduce stress, to calm the nervous system, all in a way that's free or very, very affordable. Now, if you want that, you can click the link in the description, which says free download to chapter two, or simply head over to livedamwell.com. I hope you check it out. I hope it helps, and I'll see you in the next episode.